gotta give me a bag. Steady type of cash on my bro in that same shit. No, I don't fuck with no lame bitch. Can't even fuck on the same shit. I heard your shit in this swag. That shit is so sad. Put in work at that basement. Hey, welcome back to Uranium After Dark, the almost weekly sentiment podcast that is buying the dips and smashing your mom's hips. I'm the bearded trader, and along for the ride again after a long break, we have 100k uranium and uranium corgi boys. How's it going? I hate when people do mom jokes because (laughs) I'll tell you why. I grew up with mom jokes a lot. I had what the kids would call a hot mom. So it's kind of like, ooh. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh my God. Do you have pictures? Yeah, I have pictures of my mother. I'm, I'm not going to give them up, but. Oh. She's a nice looking lady, but you just triggered, like, you just took me back to eighth grade where, like, the uh, high, high schoolers were just making fun of me, and it just it was terrible. <laughs> I guess it's worse. I guess it's better than, is it better than having, like, an ugly mom? At the at the time, I would have preferred her to be uglier. Yes, now I'm thankful because it's genetics. But um, other than that, I'm doing pretty well. Wait, are you trying so to you... hide PT? Are you trying to hide the fact that we have we have? It's not just the three of us. We have a we have a great we have a great guest here. We do have a guest, and you made it all of one minute and eleven seconds before you brought it up. I'm so <laughs> proud of you, you. I feel like it was so much longer than the last time. But why? Why would you do that? Like the hype before. Now we're on the. We're recording right now, so we don't have. Yeah, to- we're recording. Yeah, I know. It's your ADD. You can't stop. You just gotta. <laughs> if it's in front of you, you gotta touch it, or you gotta lick it, or whatever it is. You can't stop. It's so you bad. So we're gonna go what, like twenty minutes and just keep no, it no. Recording. I mean, I was hoping for at least two minutes. <laughs> I'm not sure we're gonna make it <laughs> before we introduce our guests. You know what? How about this? You're so you're so on the gun to do this. I thought we would talk about. Um, you know, what, what the market looked like just in our opinions, not, you know, anything smart. Um, and while we were on break, but we don't have to do that. Why don't you introduce our guest? No, I don't do so that. Excited. I don't do that. Oh, no, no, no. no that's- okay. So you just want to poke and you just poke until you get a reaction. No, and you're, so oh, I, I, I do the talking and the that. analysis. And you do the I love, I love just to, just to soften this before we bring the guest on to get, <laughs> just to get better right. energy. I really enjoyed your, um, Anchorman, um, yeah, I, guess I did video. too. I thought that was, that was good. Thank you. It's very clever. I don't know. You always have something that just comes up. Um, it was good. It's very good. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I immediately went to Wall Street Bets to see if you stole it, and you you didn't. So I was proud of you. Oh, you didn't steal that one. You <laughs> didn't. I think that was all him. Although, if we have to say who is Brick in this whole relationship, a hundred percent, it's you, Corgi. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just take I'll take anything on the chin right now just for you to introduce our guest. Oh, we have a guest? Shit, I almost forgot. Okay, well, hey, this is season two. We did take a break. We're back. We're trying to uh, set this one off with a bang, and we have the very own Uranium Insider, Justin Hoon, or Hun, is what we called him in the first couple episodes, uh, with us today. So, Justin, welcome to the Thunderdome. Thanks for uh, thanks for being with us this week. Hey, guys. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. I honestly can't Just believe you came on this thing. I am so excited. I am very, very excited. I used to just do memes that were just like, you know, when I was first starting in the meme game with Quakes and Justin, and it was just like, you know, one, two, listen, watched all the YouTubes that do the memes. So 
this for me is like a huge, huge moment. And it's a huge moment in Uranium, let's be honest. So it's, this is good. I feel like this is a perfect, perfect time to have Justin on. And I appreciate it. Nice. Thanks for the invite, guys. I'm looking forward to it, too. Honestly, we didn't think we were going to get a guest this season. So this worked out really perfect. <laughs> I feel like after like Mark, after Mark and, you know, of course, Adequate Ryan was, was, was a great one. And then Mark, you know, really raised the profile. So I feel like, you know, we, we can get anybody now. And then Jane awesome. took us. Jane took us through the stratosphere. <laughs> Jane, oh God! No, no, we love Jane. We She's great. Uh, yep, yep. She is uh, for pretty much everything. So super <laughs> inclusive. Um. All right. So hey, we got Justin on. He's going to let his hair down. What are we? What are we talking about tonight? Obviously, we we've taken a few weeks off. The trade is still you know kicking us in the balls sometimes, and then we have some days that we rip, and then back to reality. Do you guys feel like we're super tied in with the broader market still? Like obviously we always wanted to decouple. We've I, to me, I think we've clearly recoupled back with reality, even though we've got uh, the inflation bill has a lot of things carved out for nu- nuclear specifically, you know, I feel like we got a rip for like a day and a half and then mm-hmm. here we go back down to the basement. You guys feel the same? I would like to just let Justin talk and I listen. <laughs> yeah, it's... I mean, I, I want to hear your guys' opinion too on some of these things. Um, you know, it's it's definitely still kind of a, a super low volume, low enthusiasm part of the year across all markets. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there's certain sectors absolutely on a tear and uranium just happens to be left behind and, and, and stuck with whatever moves the broad market makes. I mean, last week uranium sold off what 10% for the week for the mm-hmm. ETFs or something around the, while the S and P was really still kind of holding its own with an exception of maybe Thursday and Friday, it started to roll over, but it's really, I mean, I think that when, when things are going positive for uranium and the S and P is, is, just kind of a little bit weak, we can do okay. We, we tend to kind of outperform. I mean, if you look at a long, longer term chart of, you know, the ETF, the uranium ETFs relative to the S and P were in a period of outperformance, you know, since the bull market started really. So the past Mm -hmm. two years, let's say, and that's perfectly intact. I mean, well, it's rolling over a little bit here, but for the most part, still a pretty significant outperformance of the broad markets by uranium equities. And, um, but when there's steep downdrafts, you know, we tend to get coupled with that. I mean, just like, just like everything else does. Yeah. So if we see more of that, we're probably heading a little bit lower, but honestly, it's, I think that we're very, very close to seeing, um, a really fundamental shift in, in this market. It's really, you know, I mean, the whole Russia, Ukraine situation, the bifurcation of the nuclear fuel market has basically lit, uh, it's basically added uh, an accelerant to what was likely already going to happen and what was slowly already starting to happen, which was a recovery of all of the other elements of the fuel cycle and SWU recovering, conversion recovering, and U308 recovering as well. And just all of a sudden, you know, with the, with the, the East being cut off by the West, let's say, we immediately have, you know, a Cigar Lake and half of MacArthur River flood 
that's going mm-hmm. to last. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's, <laughs> right, the flood right. is going to get is going to get uh, dealt with, and the mine will will open back up. It's like no, I mean, underfeeding and and tails re-enrichment is gone. You can't buy enrichment for uranium anymore. You can't buy UF six from the enrichers anymore. Now you have to buy the uranium, and not only do you have to buy it, but the uranium that you have to buy to get the same amount of EUP that you needed two years ago, you're going to be paying more for it per pound, and you're going to need more of it. You're going to need 20, 30% mm-hmm. more of it already at the tails assays that we're already seeing. So I, th- I guess that's yeah. a long-winded answer to say, I don't really give a shit where the broad market is going right now. <laughs> I mean, I really don't. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's we, just... We, it's we, just we, adding to the contrarianism yeah. of the trade and and it's back. Yeah. And this is like, this is my comfort zone because I spent so much time as a contrarian believing in the thesis when nobody really cared. And when, when the market hadn't moved yet, it's like, well, guess what? We're kind of back at that level. Yeah. 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 Sure. I could, could, couldn't agree more. We get so fixated on those big days. I mean, I personally have a lot, um, a lot relative, at least for me, um, I don't know to some other people, but for me, I have a lot invested in, you know, call options for September, October. So those big days are important, but, you know, it's not, you know, it's not, it's like relative to the, to the broader markets. It's not, you know, it's, I think we're in good shape overall. I think. What do you guys really- think about, um, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of contracting news Obviously, it's early in the in the market, the bull market, um, and some of these uh, guys need money, right? So they're they're going to sign contracts, and they're obviously I think they've been pretty good. Do we ever get a feeling that these guys are like should be holding on? Like I feel like they're screwing themselves if they maybe would contract next year instead. And I I, I get the ones that are kind of tied to a spot that could be moving. You guys ever feel like, man, don't sell anybody anything right now. Just hang on, <laughs> you know, wait until like, you know, March of next year and then see what it looks like. Or is it just, is it such a cash strapped little sector that they just, they got to do it. You know, it's either that or dilute, right? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I wanna, I'm always, I I'm always wanna, curious about it. I would definitely want to hear Justin's views on that. And then to that, like with WNA coming up in, what is that in a few weeks? Like, is that, that should be, I mean, a lot of people I'm acquainted with, think that's going to kind of start some of the fireworks but um you know i have no idea i've never been to one i don't you know i don't know how those long-term contracting conversations go but i would be curious what justin thinks about that sure yeah i mean those conversations i think are are complex to begin with and mm-hmm. uh exponentially more complex now um mm-hmm. you know i think that your your question about you know producers, whether or not they should be selling pounds now or just kind of hang on. Um, it's interesting because it's like, it's things are so volatile and the inflation is so bad and, and the world is just so kind of unstable and the future so unknown right now that it's not really a matter of, let's say if a, if a, a producer with a mine on care and maintenance is going to sell 2025 20, pounds for X price, whether or not they locked in the maximum upside, it's, how much do they even sell it for? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have no idea in three years from now, like what your costs are going to look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody knows. And so these are these are very complex conversations happening between utilities and between producers and even the existing producers like Cameco, who, you know, we had a private conversation with Grant Isaac a couple of weeks back and 
and um, you know, they're basically, they're kind of in the catbird seat right now. Right. I mean, they're, Mm -hmm. they're producing, they're in the West, they're reliable, they're in a safe jurisdiction, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And they just, they're basically saying, you know, uh, we're talking with, there's more pounds under conversation right now than have been since Fukushima. And Mm -hmm. so the utilities are definitely waking up and they have to figure out they have to figure out where they're going to be contracting your enrichment at in terms of not only the cost of SWU and the amount of SWU, but what tails assays are going to be mm-hmm. involved to produce their EUP. And that kicks out a number of how much uranium they need to buy. So it has to go in that order, especially now. You have to figure out enrichment first and then conversion and then your and then uranium. And so and all of that is happening. Um, but these U3A contracts, it's like the producers want as much market reference as possible and the utilities sure. want fixed as much as possible. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if the utilities could get hundred percent fixed, they would, but producers are not going to do that. Um, so we're probably going to see more and more market reference contracts and the producers are, you know, it's a seller's market now. It's, it's basically shifted in the past 12 months from a buyer's market to a seller's market. It's shifted so fast that these conversations are very, very complicated. So Where I'm interested too, yeah. Justin. Sorry to cut you off, but you're talking no, about sure. Cameco and um, sort of their. Uh, <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? Because oh, we know how I you just, roll. No, <laughs> just you know. Okay, all right, all right. So just hear me out. You um, so they have. Uh, What's you your strike and the- expiration? You want to know? <laughs> yeah, the price yeah. will be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like every. I like every strike between. Two- well, we can talk about that later. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but, but ser- I, I do have a, a serious question because we're talking about Cameco and sort of um, their. Uh, you know, just talking about the whole fuel cycle and kind of where they're sitting, and they do have a lot of cash. If you you know you listen to their last earnings and. Um, if you're just thinking about sort of enrichment and the need for enrichment and, you know, you're not going to go to Russia and uh, I don't know, I'm just interesting to think about what they're going to do with some of that cash. And I don't know, it's so complicated. You have this technology that supposedly just what you're, you know, that the, you know, this, this, this laser enrichment, the DOE is, you know, is kind of, is kind of, you know, trying to advance and there's contracts that there were. Saw so some companies were signing, you know, I think it was a global signing with, you know, Silex, but really can't, to me, there's so many moving pieces, but to me, there's so much money. And I'm like, and I, do they, do they do have some conversion or we have a conversion plan? But like the enrichment piece, we don't, like, I feel like we're just, we're, we need more, you know, in like North America. And I just feel like Cameco is in a weirdly unique position to do something about that. I don't really know what that is, but uh, I don't know. They have a lot of cash. <laughs> they do. And, you know, they. I think they kind of dropped a hint in the last conference call that, that they sort of, uh, or it was either in, a com- in the conference call or mm-hmm. um, in a, a more recent interview that Grant Isaac did, um, where they basically were saying, you know, they're looking at kind of total vertical integration of the fuel cycle. And yes. you know, while they own 49% of GLE, and they can jump bump that up, I think, what, to 70% or 75%, they'll probably mm-hmm. do that, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, will they invest in traditional gas centrifuge enrichment technology? I, I don't know. I mean, even with, um, you know, a billion dollars, you know, plus of cash, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of time to build these right. facilities out and you have to make sure that, you know, that investment is so, it's so significant that you have to make sure that you have your bases covered in terms of being able to sell that enrichment to the market. And so, 
you're you're basically betting on you know five years from now when you can actually build that out and be selling it into the market that the market will still be bifurcated and or you know contract out enrichment contracts for expected enrichment supply for that time period yeah so, that's yeah this this bifurcation you have to think about five five years from now are we going to be i feel like this is such a more permanent, you know, I'm sure we've had, you know, we've had disputes with Russia, obviously, and Ukraine, even with, you know, I think 20, whatever, a lot of these sanctions and just like kind of duplicates of, you know, the, that conflict for a year. But, um, but I feel like this is so much more permanent in terms of, I don't say permanent, but so much more game changing. So I, yeah, the, like thinking of you making moves that, you know, or, you know, in terms of enrichment building stuff, you know, you got to think about five years from now, but I feel like this is a, this is like a, we're, we're operating. I feel like they they would be confident that like five years from now, we're, we're not going to be, we shouldn't be buying uranium from Russia or, you know, we should, we should be relying on our own stuff. Yeah, I think so too. I'm, I mean, I, I, I tend to think that the market's probably going to remain bifurcated here for who knows how long. I, I don't think it's going to revert anytime soon. Um, it does seem like a pretty significant and quasi-permanent split that's happening mm-hmm. between, let's say, the, the BRICS countries. And that's even a little bit complicated too, right? Because you have Brazil Ugh. that's sort of considered a quote-unquote Western country in terms of uranium and nuclear demand. And Argentina applied for BRICS and you know they've got a couple of Candu reactors. They're building out, I think, another reactor now and they're kind of getting in bed with the Chinese. And oh um, So, you know, it's it's really adding a lot of complexity to the geopolitical landscape. But um, I think the nuclear fuel market is likely to remain bifurcated, let's just say, for this expected bull market. And it's probably going to last until we have expanded enrichment capacity. And whether Mm -hmm. there's there's a certain amount of that expanded capacity that is probably going to come from GLE, I think there's still a risk there because – once you build the facility, the technology is out there and could technically be stolen and shared mm-hmm. and, and, and in the wrong hands. So I think there's, there's certainly a security, national security concern about building, building out that Paducah facility in the United States. But it is potential supply of enrichment that is, um, quote unquote, at our fingertips. But that still is many years out. Uh, and then expanding, you know, if Urenko wants to expand, if uh, if the French want to expand, you know, they can. It's just going to take time. And until then, synthetic capacity is going to be created via uh, higher tails assays. And so we've mm-hmm. already gone from 0.17, 0.18 up to 0.25 with contracts out a few years at 0.3. I mean, how much higher this is going to go? That's 0.3 from from 0.18 to 0.3. I don't have the swoo calculator in front of me. That's already a 30% jump in feedstock. So, um, you know, wh- what's coming for uranium <laughs> is really, <laughs> really big. And that's why, you know, uh, Corgi, you know, you met up with with my friend Jeff. I speak with him pretty, pretty frequently and... He'll tell you, you know, and if you talk with, you know, Mike Alkin or Tim Chileri from Sachem or, or the guys from Segra, Art and Adam, you know, any, anybody that really understands the, the fuel cycle will tell you that this is such a significant change and big, big jump. Mm-hmm. And they're all really, really excited um, and, and seeing just a massive amount of value on the table here with the way that the equities have pulled back with what's happening um, to the U308 literally on our doorstep. So I'm, I'm kind of in the same camp as those guys in terms of 
my excitement about what's yeah. about to happen. Shout out, shout out to Jeff. I did beat him. What a great guy. Yeah, we're, he is. We were, we were drinking some beers, and he got me very – I will say he did get me very excited about uh, certain things. I thought you were about to say very drunk. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, you know, he, he, he can put them back. He can put them back. And, He's a Midwest uh, guy, Midwestern guy, right? That guy's yeah. definitely drinking some beers. I mean, yeah. there were nights that uh, he was out – and then, like, next thing you know, here comes some tractor pictures. And, like, he's just <laughs> having a good time. I'm like, that's my kind of people. Yeah, I could party with him. I could definitely party with him. And he was he was we'll super to, bullish. We'll have to invite him to the uh, Las Vegas nuclear meetup, oh, yeah. uranium meetup when we're done. He was also saying, you know, some some stuff, um, maybe, maybe some, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but some big money uh, from from Europe potentially coming in, some ESG stuff, uh, and uh, so there's there's so many things cooking. There's so many things cooking right now. I really do. Yeah, like like Friday was not good, but I feel like there's so many positive things, and this thing's just a powder keg. I really feel that way. I feel good about it's it. It's got to be right, you know. Like so, we all got in on this thesis before. Uh, what a million things have happened since then it's only compounding right and i feel more bullish now than ever i just i have now after a couple of years of being in i just one i don't look as much and then two like i feel like it's just gonna happen and yeah i don't know when that is and like we can get any amount of good news and then completely fucking tank (laughs) you know the next day let's just let's just be honest for a second it's a summer there's low volumes and, you know, good news, you know, you get a few retail guys pump in, the hedgies dump, they, you know, they, they have options, you don't see their short stuff, you know, you don't, so that, you know, you, you saw the, you look at Friday, for example, you can, you can look at um, just Camagone, for example, I was happened to be looking, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> fuck that, F you. Uh, you, know, you saw these like 23.5 puts just all of a sudden start, you know, jumping and they're big money and, you know. How many people have that many shares where they can, you know, move in? I'm not saying that. Right, it's, right. I'm just saying this is how it goes, you know. And it's not bad. bad it could be worse. It could be Bed Bath and Beyond. But ultimately, you look at the chart. Look at a Camago chart for the last two years. It go, does it go up into the right? Yeah. Has everything else gone up into the right? No. The market's gotten fucking freaking, you know, destroyed. Um, it's gotten destroyed, and it and it hasn't. And you know things, even the some of you know the the smaller you know companies who look at their one year, I mean they're up. You know, I mean that's for a tiny little you know micro cap. So overall, I mean you just look at the relative, it's fine. But uh, I don't know why I get into. I have a question for Justin, as I guess a little bit different, but I was curious. um, (laughs) Did you have a YouTube presence before you came up with the market minute idea? You weren't really on YouTube in your own capacity, were you? I mean, I know I saw you on other people's channels, but did you do no, not at all? Mm-mm. Okay, because those are those are. I mean, those are hugely popular. You get um, thousands of views every single. I mean, it's got to be within hours of when you release them. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's dude, quite the thing. They're, uh, they're, dude, I it mean, was such a good idea. Yeah, I don't want to take yeah. credit for it, but. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> I tweeted that someone. No, it couldn't have been me because the day I tweeted it, you had you had already. You, I think you had one out that night or the next day. Dude, did you come up with the idea a, for Market Minute? No, dude. I said someone should do literally like a like a, a like yeah. a, just dumb down a um kind of like a weekly thing so I can keep kind of keep 
keep along with everything that's developing and that he did it in a, a highly highly doubt i think he literally did it 24 hours within me tweeting that so it, w- it would not have been possible to for me to be the inspiration but it i mean it's fucking awesome i love it <laughs> thanks guys yeah no it's 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 fun uh i don't know i it, i think that i mean the the twitter following definitely helped just kind of start an <laughs> influx of viewers and then i don't really follow kind of the youtube algorithms i don't really think it's kind of gone viral quote unquote on its own uh beyond sort of from twitter but maybe it has i don't know there's a decent amount of downloads on the audio podcast version of it too i could be doing a better job with it but i was gonna it's, say um, it's like a byproduct of something you don't even really try i think you have about sixteen thousand subs which is pretty ridiculous well yeah the- yeah, those, those 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 market minutes are amazing. And what I do really respect about that is, you know, on, you know, these some of these rough days, you're you always, you know, going out there. You're not like, you know, like when 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 we have like our when we know this shit, we know where this shit is going. When we have those good days that we know are coming, and you're going out there, we're gonna have so much freaking fun. Like it's gonna be so much more fun. But. Uh, yeah, the payoff's going to be amazing. It really yeah. is. Uh, I, I really look forward to that. I look forward to meeting everybody too, all the cast of characters. And um, But yeah, that's, I mean, that's something I've, I've always tried to do with the podcast is just not, not stick my head in the sand on rough days. You know, I know, especially that podcast, I think has a probably a 99% retail following, right? I mean, these are not, yep. I mean, Rick Rule likes to go on there and kind of troll the comments, which is awesome. He does, man. He likes to, he likes to watch the comments as a, as a sentiment indicator. And I think that's oh, great. God. Um, that is but smart. for the most part, it's retail guys and retail guys have a hard time, you know, like seeing all the positive fundamentals and then seeing the stocks down 5% on, in the day, <laughs> 10% in the week. You know, it's, it's rough. Dude. I get it. And it takes, it, you have to get beat up a lot in the markets really to get thick skin enough to kind of weather that sort of volatility. And um, so I, I try to, I try to be there for people. I mean, the running joke is I'm the therapist and the, <laughs> I like what you said. Psychotherapist, and I liked what you said in one of the minutes was um, was that you know if you're if you're you know if you're someone who kind of you know it goes does have those like you know day to day sort of like desire to do the trading you know just keep like a big you know keep your like your regular account and then just like have like a smaller account and do some yolos and stuff like that and I feel like that's that that's a that's a good way to be. Because I, I is that what you I do? Person, uh, I would say most of it. Most of it is it. <laughs> most of it's probably in the in the in the YOLO options and stuff like that. Unfortunately, <laughs> but you know, it, it's you know, it's it's a foot. It's a very fun community, and you know, the day to day is very fun. But you know, it has been a bit of a slow burn over the summer. But yeah. Um, yeah, that that idea really kind of solidified because I have a, I have a multiple accounts and one of my separate accounts is for my for my daughter for college and um, that one you know I just set an automated deposit to go in there every week of some minuscule amount and once is she a month able to go to I'll... college right now. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, she doesn't start until next year. So, so hopefully that count will double by then. Um, that would be nice. 
<laughs> no, but I, you know, I, I have rarely log on to that, to her side yeah. of the account. I just, I just pop in there once a month. If there's a couple hundred dollars sitting in there, then I'll, yeah. I'll add to something that's down and that's pretty much all I do. And that, that account is killing it. She's yeah. just doing so well. And then the one that I mess around with all the time yeah. is definitely underperforming. Um, yep. although, you know, I've, I've definitely learned some option strategies over the past couple of years that I think have really paid off that are, that are less aggressive. I mean, I'm not, I'm not being passive aggressive here, Corgi, but, uh, uh, you know, I mean, people, I know people that have absolutely crushed it with short dated calls. In fact, I'll tell you a short little story. My mm-hmm. brother-in-law, um, works for this guy who has this, um, has this, software-based, algorithmic-based trading system, and he sells memberships <laughs> to it, and he kills it. But he also trades options. And he he put 50 grand into, um, like, like front week, uh, super out-of-the-money calls on Snapchat right before their earnings. <laughs> this was maybe six months ago. This is two or three earnings ago, and the earnings exploded. The stock mm-hmm. skyrocketed. The guy turned 50, 50K into a million bucks. And wow. Like, That's good for him. <laughs> so, you know, you hear those kind of stories, and it's yeah. like, oh, the leverage is so – it's so tantalizing. And when you feel really confident in something, it's hard <laughs> not to pour a lot of money into it. But Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, no it can it can also it can also get you. Oh yeah, Cambogo de Mayo. Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Oh, that was so funny. I, re- I went and re-listened to like the beginning of every podcast just to you know, get a feel for it. And that Mexican music came on. And it was like Cambogo de Mayo, and then the next one was like we broke the market with Cambogo. It was so disappointing, but I remember it being so fun. I long for those days, though, right? Those updates are just really amazing. Yeah, for sure. And we're gonna have them again. I think that's what we know. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I usually try to do leaps, but you know, the longer we talk about it, the closer we are to like 24, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. mm-hmm. at some point we got to move up, but, uh, you know, uh, it is frustrating. I think, uh, I think you have to earn contrarianism, right? I think it's easy to talk about, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. to really buy into it. You got to earn it. And that means you got to sit there with the ups and the downs and just, you know, do the thing and trust into the thesis and, Hey, I think a lot of us are learning that now if we didn't know before and the guys that are sitting here and holding on, I, the payout's coming. I really don't doubt that. And um, I don't know. It's interesting. Like we plucked Corgi out of Wall Street bets, which is like getting out of the money, you know, dailies <laughs> like tomorrow. <laughs> and he's trying to apply it to uranium. And I think sometimes he learns a hard lesson, but the excitement is still there because I think we all really, we know where we're headed. Right. And yeah. It is getting easier, Justin. You said it one time. Uh, it's getting easier, isn't it? And it is. It is getting easier because there have been so many ups and so many downs and so many kicks in the balls. And then randomly, we'll just get like a 12% day in the whole freaking portfolio. And it's like, what? Mm. And I don't know. Anyway, it's fun, though. It is It is yeah. fun. I'm, my money's those, not going anywhere. Yeah, None of those days are going to happen over low volume summer risk off during this, you know, these crazy times with the fed and you know inflation all that stuff like 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 you know man to man did we really think we were gonna like a moon you know like one of these like you know summer months now like i I really do feel like you know the the good times you know when the volume returns hopefully some more stability in the market september october november december like i'm i'm very excited about where it's going and just in my own defense about the option stuff i've had some really good 
you know, I've had some really good wins too. I really just sure. mostly talk yeah. about some of the, uh, you know, losses cause they're more funny to meme about. Uh, right. But you know, <laughs> there's been some good, there's been some good wins. I For mean, sure. just, you know, you look at, look at chemicals, you know, chart, it does go up into the right. Uh, but you know, anyways, yeah. Oh, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, uh, I mean, it, would anybody say they're less bullish now than when you started in this trade? I don't think that's even possible Wait. to say. More bullish, I mean, dude, and more, 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 more bullish, and uh, yeah, more, more bullish, dude. When I first started listening to you, Justin, uh, you know, in the in um, some of your interviews, when I first was getting into the trade, when you, you know, you were talking with uh, Ducey and uh, great stuff when I was just trying to learn, you know, the thesis. And mm. you always said, you always said, uh, you know, two, two things. Like when you're someone would say the bear case, you would always say, and I was pretty consistent and I don't want to, you know, put, you know, words in your mouth, you know, two things could be uh, that, that would hurt us would be some sort of like a nuclear, you know, an accident, God forbid, or, you know, some big, you know, pullback in the markets. And we've obviously, you know, experienced the pullback. We've experienced, you know, some nuclear stuff. Um, so that's really what's kind of been holding us back. But it's not really. I can't imagine you're you're shocked by anything that's really transpired, you know, in the equities. No, I mean, it, it's it, it just kind of it leads to the contrarian excitement. I think. Um, I, I I mean, I'd be lying to say that at times I haven't been disappointed in the performance mm -hmm. of the, of the equities, because if you had asked me two years ago, um, you know, okay, what if, <laughs> yeah, what if nuclear is embraced to the extent that Germany considers keeping their plants online <laughs> in California as well? Uh, what, you know, what yeah. if Japan accelerates or restarts? What if, um, the Western nuclear utilities are cut off from Russian supply. You know, what do you think would be, uh, what if we're at all time highs for, uh, for conversion? What if we're at, you know, multi-year highs for enrichment and SWU and, and, uh, and, and spot EUP and spot UF6, mm -hmm. you know, where do you think the equities would be at? I wouldn't have expected that they would be here. So, uh, with, you know, while I am definitely, up substantially on my investments because I've been in this trade for a very long time and we're still very clearly, in my opinion, in a long-term bull market. I think that what's happened this year in terms of the equities markets going largely risk off, um, you know, it's kind of reset the trade in a, in a lot of ways. And mm -hmm. for somebody, you know, <clears throat> not only do I enjoy what I'm doing with myself right now and I enjoy this investment mm -hmm. and I love having these conversations and all of the people involved and all the people that I've met and all of that. And I would love for this to go for a longer period of time. I do think that we still have some very, very um, violent upside moves left in this trade. And the fact mm -hmm. that we got this equities reset while the fundamentals just kept stacking and stacking and stacking and stacking um, is, is very, very exciting to me. And, and, and it's, you know, I've taken flack for that in the past because for retail people that showed up in April or showed up in November and put all of their money into mm -hmm. this trade um, at the highs, it, for me to say that I'm excited to see the equities pull back sounds very disingenuous. Um, but it really is the case. I really do think that this is going to play out. And the fact that it's pulled back in the way that it has is a gift to anybody who has patience. Mm -hmm. And, and so for me, 
for me to to enter into a fundamental investment, there's a couple of things that I think are really, really important. And one of those is that while you have to consider the potential opportunity cost, and there certainly has been opportunity cost, um, to to not set a specific date on when you need to pull your money out by, um, I think is really, really important because 100% of the time, that's the wrong time. Like if you if you put money in and you say, <laughs> I'm going to need this money out. Now, of course, if you, you know, everybody has investment goals and they're wanting to, you know, ideally have a return on their investment by a certain date, and that's understandable. But to have that be a short period of time, say, let's say by next summer or by next spring or by 2024, whatever it might be, that doesn't mean I don't think this is going to move violently by then. I do. But if you have, if you come into this trade, with a preset time frame, you're going to have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really, really important to approach this investment in that way because, because clearly, I mean, look at right now, the equities don't always follow the fundamentals in the short term, but in the mm-hmm. long term, they do and they will. And so you have to allow a lot of time and space for it. And that does that means that some people are just not going to have the patience for this trade and that's okay. You know, it makes a market, but you really, really have to come at it with a lot of patience. Yeah. You also said, and I mentioned this before on a podcast, and I could never find it because it was buried in a, I think you just replied to someone about, you You mentioned, and this is quite some time ago now, if not a year, probably somewhat, something close to a year ago, you said that <clears throat> you felt there would be like an overall flush in the market and someone said, well, then why don't you sell? And, and, and you said something, and this is obviously heavily, heavily paraphrasing at this point, but you said something along the lines of what I, I don't think, um, uranium equity equities will go back to where they are now at, at that mm-hmm. point in time, which you've been pretty much spot on about, uh, as of like today, so I, I mean, that's a pretty good call on your part. And I mean, that was a long time ago. You said, I think you said Q1 or Q2 of, of this year <clears throat> that we would see some vicious pullbacks. And someone, like I said, was like, okay, well, then sell. And you said, well, I don't think we'll see quite these prices again. So I'm going to stay in. And I think, I mean, that's yeah, pretty good call. Thank you. Yeah. You saying that at all? I mean, not that exact tweet, but feeling that way. Yeah, it sounds vaguely familiar, like or at least something that I would say. I think, um, you know, there's. I mean, I generally think in a bull market you see higher highs and higher lows, and we've had. While we haven't necessarily had higher highs for a lot of the stocks from last year, we have seen relatively higher lows. Um, and for me, also being an American and living in the United States, I have capital gains taxes to consider. So if I'm going to try to trade in and out of these things, I, I not only have to create a tax event, but I reset that capital gains clock. And mm-hmm. for me, that's a yep. big difference. The short versus long-term capital gains is a huge difference uh-huh. for me. So, so I would rather, if I'm bearish short-term, put on some hedges and keep my longs. Um, and if those hedges pay off, great. If they don't, that means my long book did fantastic. Uh, so that, mm-hmm. that's what I would personally rather do than, than try to trade in all these. Now, some of these, some people are, are in front of the screen every day and are very, very sharp traders. And if they want to trade in and out, they can do so. And that's perfectly fine. You know, that makes a market. It doesn't bother Eric, me quick. at all. It's uranium charts. Uranium charts. Mark. Uh, there's yeah, a at least, of Derek, at least Derek Quick does 
some work in the sector, you know, he's got, sure. he's right. got his own discord based service and he tends, he, he adds some value. Oh, um, I, 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 I agree. I, yeah. Yeah. Uranium Uranium charts is, I always, yeah. I always thought anything. of Derek as a good like heel, like a fun, you know, like a WWE, like heel. <laughs> No, I'm no, serious. He's like yeah, flipping off the audience. He's not like, he's not like, he's not like uninformed. <laughs> like if he flipped, you know, he could flip and it, it would be entertaining. I don't know. It's he's he's not. You can't put him in the same sentence as someone like a uranium char. I don't even like to think. You know, like it's just such a buffoon. But uh, not Derek. Derek is Derek is deep. deep you actually down. you bullied UC off of Twitter. How do you how do you feel about that? So bad he made another uranium charts two account. <laughs> I don't get it. I do not get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's yeah, so bad. I, I, you can't get into the mind of him. And honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you guys for a second. He scares the no, shit. No, you're gonna. Yeah, no. We're, yeah, you do you hold grudges him. like this in real life? I think he does. Like yeah, when someone crosses you on Twitter, him. you get so focused. Like that's the only so thing. angry. Like you go like above and beyond to uh basically i, I don't think that's him. true at all i think you guys keep saying that and i don't feel that's that way at all. everyone would time. every single person would agree with me on that. i don't yes. know where that comes from corgi only functions with a nemesis or a bad guy i'm telling you that's the way it has to work i'll tell you and i'll tell you, the I'll time, tell you i'm that guy he'd be pretty brutal he uh, absolutely he can be i am yeah, that's one of my goals is to stay on his good side yeah first of all First of all, I would never, I would never, no. Someone, someone like, um, someone like a uranium charts, and I'll just say, I'll say ones I probably, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give him, you know, too much attention because he's a zero, but someone like him, and I'll be, I'll be completely honest, someone like him scares the shit out of me. I can never get into the mind of someone like him to me, super crazy with the UC2, come back to UC1, T Fizzle, the multiple, you know, like, seemingly multiple personalities i feel like if i recognize him i could be walking down the street he's going to come up behind me with chloroform or something and i'm going to be locked in his basement <laughs> i really shit and you think i'm crazy uh Andre, okay i really he does scare me when's so. he gonna drag a six foot six 200 and whatever pound dude yeah, with those you, hands? if you if you if you come up behind you saw his me hands with, dude he's five foot seven tops, yeah but dude, dude if, you, if you yeah but dude this is how these people operate they're, they're not, city where you can't walk 10 feet without seeing 35 no, dude they're not big people they're people that are have you ever watched a tv show well, they're yeah. not like he doesn't have like know, a virtual army come on that's fine yeah yeah, let's get off it. It's fine. We know he's a douche. We'll just leave it there. I know you're scared of him. I'll protect you. I'll send you a gun. I know you can't have one in New I'm York. Scared. I can just mail you one. No I'm, I'm, I am. I am genuinely scared of someone like that. He's also I joking because that may be a felony. <laughs> I think it might be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how we got into it. Um, hey, so Hunter uh, K, you had a great question. Thank you. Is Sput dead? Is Sput dead? Oh. I thought you said I already asked a great one. No, you didn't. You have literally asked no good questions, uh, but you did put that in the chat, <laughs> and I thought it was a good one. <laughs> Dude, Spud's not dead. He, no, uh, it's dead for now. It's just got to get to a premium, and then they're going to buy again. They have a lot of cash. Is well, Spud dead? I, hope I don't so. know. Is Spud I don't Ponzi think it's scared? dead. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, my God. That was a fun week. Uh, I just think Spud's not in vogue right now. 
you know, uh, maybe it picks up later. Uh, Quakes really talks about, um, well, he, he's fine with Sput, but you know, the leverage you can get with some of the explorers and stuff, you know, producers is so much more. I wonder if people are like listening to that and it's just all retail that's moving Sput around, but we had those, what, there was one or two hedge funds that bought in, um, and we heard about it. I didn't ever hear if they got out or if they're just still sitting there, but effectively hear nothing about Sput anymore. Yeah. I mean, are y'all hearing stuff? I don't hear anything. I, I, I mean, I like according that it's there. to, or according to John Chapaglia, the CEO of Sprott, it's 80% owned by institutions. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, so, Sput's, Sput's not dead. I mean, Sput's not Sprott. dead. It's, it's freaking Sprott. Yeah. 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 And these guys know what they're doing. It's just, they, they can't control uh, necessarily the funds flow during a risk off moment in the markets. But sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt them. Well, it's funny because in our in our chat, uh, we have some pretty large sput. I don't want to say sput deniers. <laughs> we got some people that are really questioning, <laughs> how do we get to a premium? What kind of math are they using? Uh, I think it's just good enough that it's there. And uh, I, we always said it was going to uh, put a floor in. And honestly, we've been pretty sticky, you know, since they got in. Like we, we ramped up to around 50 and we kind of, you know, we went past, but. Even during risk off, what are we doing right now? We're not going down. We're staying yeah, dude, sticky around like 50. They, they got like $80 billion of cash. They got like, you know, we got, I don't know when, um, I, I do like if people, we joke now, it's like, you know, joke about the ESG stuff and seasonality stuff. And it's become, they become like um, jokes to talk about, but they're really not. I mean, funds are going to position themselves for those, whenever those tax benefits can become effective. I think they say maybe January next year, but that, that, that's huge. But I feel like, you know, you're going to get positioned ahead of that. Um, and so it's just the funds, like the fun, the fun flows. Like it's, yeah. So I, it's, it's but dead, it's but dead. It's not dead, right? That's, it's just not, doesn't matter right now. I mean, I don't know that, I don't know that's fair to say. It's what not even, exciting. It's not exciting right now. How about that? Yeah, I guess, I guess we do, we do, Want them to start buying? I guess, I don't know. Well, they got to get a get to a premium. We just we we've, we've seen it. What what's the biggest discount to nab? Like sixteen percent? I think maybe we've seen. And we're working our way back. I don't know. I I do feel like I know. I think they know what they're doing. We'll just kind of let them do the thing. <laughs> it's like a one year anniversary of Spud, isn't it? I know. I know. That's remember how excited we were and like what the market did whenever they're like, "Holy shit, Spud's coming to town!" You know, it was so cool. I can't wait for those days again. Yeah, before so that, long the, ago. Do you remember the few months preceding that? It was the like the hottest topic was, well, it shows things have come full circle, but the hottest topic for like the entire summer was like, was like UEX in the DNN, you know, saga of like um, JCU. And that's like, there were, there was just so much more action right now. Like there, that was last summer. And then, but, you know, things, you know, ramped up. But well, we just saw some action with UEX, right? We had a little, little bit of a, I don't know if it was like a crazy bidding war, but you know, we had two companies going after him pretty good here in the last couple of weeks. That was, it tells you something's coming, right? Or they're trying to position. I like to see that. Uh, we always talk about uh, in the, in the cycle that we're going to see mergers and acquisitions and all of that. And I think we're starting to see more and more of that. So I don't know if that really tells you where you're at in this cycle or if people are like positioning 
you know, like I, I wasn't here for the last one, so I don't know, but um, it's exciting to see something happening versus, well, that's just another name that's just sitting out there for, you know, 0.02 cents or something like it's in Australia. Justin, what do you think of memes? <laughs> I think they're one of the greatest gifts the internet has given us. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't love memes? Do you think Rick Lee has seen that uh, meme of Corey Manning <laughs> fanning his balls over the floor? Probably. Oh, oh, oh. Well, Rick, I don't think he spends any time on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but he very well could have seen that. That was so I think, funny. I oh, think, my God. oh, God. So good. You think he'd be just confused? confused. Sometimes the simplest. No, I think he, I think he, I think he might have. Jeff said that uh, people in. Like um, 70 probably doesn't fully understand what the fuck's going on <laughs> with memes, dude. No offense, Rick Rule. He's going to listen to this. But if I was 70, I wouldn't really understand why there's a picture of my face over a guy fanning his balls. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Maybe he's just like, I don't remember doing that, but I guess I, I do. It. I think your meme, I think your meme, <laughs> I think your meme was accusing him of starting the Camago fire, is what it was. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was like Saskatoon. I was like, uh, that was the best. Yeah, they were like, who started the fire? <laughs> like a yeah. game ago. Yeah. Uh, that's that's so funny. Hey, what uh, did y'all think of the uh, the cap call? I think uh, their earnings call they just had. It felt pretty good to me. They were going to. So it was a little confusing. I guess they were already doing what? 20% below through 23. I guess they're going to. Move production to ten percent. I don't know. I'm just weird. Ten percent below what they could, you know, produce. And yeah, but, right. Can you can you talk us through that? Because I felt I felt like it was good, and then I saw a bunch of different things going around, and I'm like, well, hang on. <laughs> are they producing more because they have to, or they want to? I don't know. Right. Well, the market the market seems to always hope for the worst for Kazanprom just because <clears throat> it's such a, a a perverse thing for the uranium producing companies. It's like. Cameco stock explodes when their production is interrupted, you know, it's like, and, it, and it's kind of the same thing for, for Kazadabrom. Um, so the market is always wanting their production to, you know, stay flat or go down. But um, so, yeah, they've, they've been producing at 20% below their subsoil use agreement levels for the past three years. And um, do, going with this, quote unquote, value over volume strategy, which is basically them going partially public and being beholden to shareholders and, and knowing that, you know, them producing all out is not great for the overall market. And, uh, but the fact that, you know, they're doing everything they can to maintain, uh, you know, good standing, let's say Mm -hmm. towards their Western customers. And they certainly understand exactly what's going to happen to demand from them. If they can maintain that good standing as a Western supplier of uranium to Western and Eastern utilities. Um, so I'm sure that they can see very clearly where this, where the markets are going. I mean, in the same way that, you know, the, the M and a that you guys are just talking about, like that, that stuff doesn't happen in bear markets. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, David Cates and Amir Nani are not, these guys are nobody's fool. I mean, they, they know, they know exactly what they're doing and the fact that they're bidding up those assets means they know what's coming around the corner. Right. And Mm -hmm. so does his Adam problem. So if they can, they can up their production a little bit while still maintaining this messaging of 10% below, you know, and, and the way that they phrase it essentially was, well, most supply and demand modeling that, 
that market participants have done are expecting them to go back to their full production or at least in line with their subsoil use agreement starting in 2024 because they haven't guided yet until now for that production. <laughs> so for them to say that basically what that means is they see a certain level of market recovery so that they bump up their production a few million pounds, then um, you know the market is going to be able to absorb that and it's not going to hurt the price of uranium. Because uh, they more than anybody benefit, you know, they've got cash costs of fifteen bucks a pound or something like that. Their their all in sustaining costs is maybe a bit more, and then they're fully allocated when you calculate into that dividend is you know in the low thirties mm-hmm. probably. So every dollar that we go up from here is just absolute gravy for this company. So yeah, yeah I mean the fact that they're willing now to. To, to state to the market that they plan to increase their production by, you know, uh, by, by 10%, uh, and not, excuse me, not 10%, but by, by a bit in 2024 means they've got to allocate a lot of capital and a lot of labor towards expanded well field production, um, you know, starting now ish, but especially next year. Um, but they continue yeah. to message the market as well. Like nothing's guaranteed, you know, that we're, we're still seeing problems with supply chains and labor, et cetera. So sulfuric acid we, shortages. Yeah, sure. So the fact that they're guiding for, for, um, a slightly less, um, production cut for 2024 doesn't mean that that's guaranteed to happen, but also when you consider that the tails assays rise that we're already seeing in Western enrichers, mm-hmm you know, accounts for five to 10 X of that increased production from Kazanaprom. It doesn't even really matter. Not really. Yeah. What a, what a, what a, what a job to work for that, that company dealing with, well, you got to share a border with Russia. You got to share a border with China. You got potential uprising. I mean, that was like in, in January. I mean, that was this year. That was only like a few months ago. Um, they had that, that coup. Uh, and there, you know, some employees are taking lie detector. T- I mean, the sulfuric acid shortages is real. So you you say that you know you're you're bumping production up ten percent. Maybe you want to shift the narrative, but you know, and I you know, I don't doubt anyone. That I think that, you know that that works. I don't know enough about really what's going on, but you know, you might say it. But I mean, things are going to happen. Shit is going to happen, and I don't envy anyone who works there. That is like a really tricky one. For sure. Yeah. And it's they're they're definitely right smack dab in the middle of of a pretty serious situation. Uh, I mean, they're they're an unbelievably important producer for China. Uh, and now Russia is starting to kind of, um, you know, speak a little bit more strongly about their mm-hmm. distaste for the fact that Kazakhstan has not been supportive of what they're up to. And mm-hmm. so they're definitely in a precarious spot. And I mean, it's. I mean, I've said it a million times, but really what this market, what, the way to categorize this market in terms of on the supply side is just fragile. You know, it's not necessarily that we're, we're really betting on further interruptions. It's the fact that it's perfectly ripe for interruptions to happen and they will happen. And, and when they do, the market's going to respond. And, and we've already seen what happens when we see, you know, the interruption of COVID, which is just six months for Cigar Lake and for Kazadam Prom's well-filled development, which didn't really even impact their production all that much. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the the supply state is fragile. It's 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 just fragile and it's far, yeah. far too reliant on a single player. So fascinating. I think, you know, I don't know what probably surprised me. It's just such an interesting 
like the, the nuclear like uh, discussion and uranium is just so interesting. I don't know. Maybe, you know, we talk about just this, this, this is just supply, you know, stuff, but on the demand side, you know, with, you know, extensions and, you know, new nuclear and, you know, there's just so, there's so much on the other side too that we haven't even talked about, but, you know, just so, so interesting, you know, plants sure. going up in Dubai and India, we never really talk about, but huge, you know, nuclear development, Africa, you know, we, you know, China, you know, we just, we know, you know, we, they have this, you know, massive, what, 120 gigawatt, you know, however many, you know, nuclear plants are going up and, you know, we know what's going on with the U.S. with, you know, what Biden's trying to, you know, put together and potentially. In right. California. I mean, it's just that we're so, you know, we're Japan so. Japan and Korea Japan, and oh like we God. can just name off so many we could never talk right. about before. It's awesome. Right. It's amazing. We just like, we're hey, so. We still got winter coming up. Hey, we're about yeah. to watch what happens in Germany whenever you decide. You know? like so that, but, you know, and, and like. I, yeah. And I feel like we're, we're so, we, we talk about it all the time. And we're like, you know you know, we're just so, you know, we're invested in it, but we talk about it, we're fascinated by it. But like the, the average person, I don't know, really not average, you know, the, you know, you know, most people don't really know, you know, all these things. It's just, it's very, it's very, very bullish. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're in a small, tiny corner of something, you know, and everybody will catch up at some point. I think it, yeah, I think, it, I think they have to, I think we'll just see it. It's going to play out. It's going to be what it is. Like we saw, lumber go crazy we've seen oil go crazy hey we're just waiting our time because we know it's coming but i think we have more of a sustained time period in which this thing can continue to go so um let's do this let us start closing this down i want to do like a rapid fire few questions from Ooh. us to justin yeah you don't have to go like super into it but let's let's oh, yeah. get a few out here and then you want to we'll wind you, it down uranium let's really do it I'm oh gonna, yeah! I'm, I'm no, 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 it, no! It's <laughs> completely, completely open, completely open. Yeah. So once, once you started out, what do we do? We each get like three questions. I gotta know. I don't. I've got yeah. Three is fine. Three. I mean, it, you know what? Whatever you want to do. Justin doesn't have to answer. He can also say pass. I haven't thought of one yet. <laughs> okay, I'll start. Um, how many days a year would you say that you're hungover? <laughs> Zero. Oh, you don't drink. I, oh, I, wow. I drink a little bit, but I just okay. never get. I don't just, I've literally yeah. been drinking all day since yeah. like 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> he got drunk and he's now sober and he's still I like that. <laughs> I go wrong. <laughs> all right. I've uh, got a question. Is it true that Lawrence McDonald's Bear Traps report sells whenever you get too many likes on your uranium market minute? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a great question. I'd like to know the answer to that. Right. <laughs> it's there probably is some correlation there to be honest because i think yeah. i think a lot of their trades are sentiment based so yeah no doubt no doubt i told you i talk about this shit all the time with you guys you guys t oh your tin hat with the sentiment algos i tell you this i say whenever we have a good day we should all collectively start start yeah, tweeting the most you sound like a crazy person though just so you're, right now you already sound crazy right. like the way he said it versus like you sound crazy okay i'm gonna <laughs> so let me just restate I think if you, I can't fuck, dude. Come on, I've been I've been saying this for. Just speak slower, maybe. I can't. I'm just <laughs> finish your words. Right, it's, it's your question, Corey. Your question, Corey. I, I have one yet. I didn't okay, know we were cool. going to. Just go. 
The lightning I mean, round. It's not like we didn't talk about this before. 100K, you go. <laughs> You're a dick. Okay. Um, no. Do you, okay. What's your favorite breed of, are you a dog person? I should start with that. And if you are a dog person, what's your favorite breed? Uh, so I'm kind of an individual animal person. Uh, I don't have dogs. I have cats. I have two cats, actually. I knew it. Um, I, I like Jack Russell Terriers. Okay, I had one growing up. Yeah, uh, they're good. I I have to say that I like corgis because yeah, corgis yeah. are great. They're they're great. They are. They, they are great. They have a lot of personality. They do. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't really have standout standout favorite breed necessarily. Okay, because obviously we know we know corgis dedicated breed here, but. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I have no, super I have cute. A, like I have a corgi. You know, like I have a yeah. corgi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's adorable looking. I love him more than my son. It's <laughs> <laughs> between my one-year-old and the corgi. His name is Clarence. Uh, I would pick Clarence a hundred times, hundred times out of hundred. <laughs> I don't know. It's stupid. I don't know. Maybe. Ask a question. I love that dog. dog. Okay, I got it. I got it. Uh, we have joked about ticker? this a lot. <laughs> All of them equally. Uh, is there anything to the color of your shirt that you wear on your Radio Market Minute compared to the market in relation to the market? Uh, there is not. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> I'm still going to do the algorithm. So we're going to figure it out. What is, what is Cam? Might be there, might be, but it's not intentional. I mean, I might put okay. on a shirt based on how I'm feeling that day or something, and then maybe that means something. But well, I'm yeah, trying to do it. I think we're up to what, like 150. I'm going to go back and do it all. We're going to figure out one. I'm going to Google what algorithm means, and then I'm going to make one. <laughs> <laughs> I asked, dude, I asked, uh, I asked Cardick to make one. <laughs> oh, good. Just nice. Yeah. He said, dude. Sure, he kid. Said, yeah. Oh, dude. dude. Extremely. Uh, he won't do it. What's okay. the uh, we'll, we'll make it happen. He says it takes so much time. What's your iPhone wallpaper? Is this my qu- a question for me? Yeah, I don't want to offer you buddy. Theirs at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just some random like w- black water reflecting image, <laughs> like a default one or something. <laughs> yeah, What's, pretty much. What is Camago gonna buy with all their cash? Hmm. I don't know, but I I do think they're going to buy something. Yeah, I think I think they're going to go after something. I don't know. I'm very curious about um the deposit that ISO Energy has been poking holes in because Cameco owns what's right on the other side of the border, and the and the biggest hits for ISO's drill programs on on the hurricane deposit have been kind of right on the border. So that's kind of curious to me, but I don't think they're in any hurry. Um. I, I don't. I don't think we see anything in the short term, but I think they're going to end up with one of the big ones. Let's just say that. All right. At what spot price will you shave your head? Spot or spot? Spot. Spot. Uh, gosh. Um, actually, I'll probably shave it when we get over 100 degrees Fahrenheit here in my town. So it might might be sooner rather than later Um, (laughs) it may be sustained too who knows well you you have a nicely shaped head you could totally just go the buzz and hey we thought we also we always talk about 
what you're wearing. <laughs> we're like, you know, <laughs> when he has, when he has like the, the, the scruff, the beard, I'm like, Hey, he looks kind of badass. And if he shaved his head, he looked like real hardcore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could pull it off. Your wife, your wife might like it too. Who knows? You know, she actually, she actually doesn't like it. I, I prefer to have a shaved head. I think it's just way more comfortable, especially when it's hot here, but she prefers that I have whatever hair that I have. Um, so it's always a point of contention, but I still shave it. Is your wife super bullish on uranium? Uh, she is. She's got some of her own money invested that I manage nice. for her. So yeah, yeah, she is. That's good. She ever just kind of like, oh my god, I don't want to talk about it. That's my. Um, wife. She actually requests me to talk about it to put her to sleep sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> and it totally it. works. It totally works. <laughs> oh, my daughters have seen so many uranium market minutes. They're like this guy again. <laughs> like this is so boring. But I'm like, babe, don't, you know, whatever. And they're like, okay, well, it's usually only like 10 minutes. So can we watch cartoons after? <laughs> and then we'll sit there on the couch and we watch you on the 75 inch. Yeah. Is it, it has to be a little bit of a, I don't know if I'll say the word surreal or at least a weird feeling. If you see when people tweet pictures, they'll be watching your market minute and you can see like their feet under their blanket, like they're in, bed, <laughs> they're in their bed and it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is a little bit strange. I watch it at my uh, desk like a human being. Okay. <laughs> I've watched a few in my. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> how many? How many more days until camera go uh, gets to thirty dollars? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, let's say nah, nah, nah. less than ninety. Sweet nice. Nice. I can handle that. Yeah, do you, you think have to roll your options? You think we're higher or lower by end of year across the board? I guess I should say in general, higher. Oh, oh, definitely higher. Yeah, no, I think I think this this year, honestly, I mean, I gotten into trouble by being kind of bullish on seasonality in the past, but it's not a guarantee. It doesn't happen every year. I think this year is like seasonality squared. Yeah, uh, just based Same. on based on what's happening across the fuel cycle, it's like it's coming and it's coming in a big way. So I, I think we have a really, really strong uranium season and I think it's going to start pretty soon. Yeah. Will you um, like one day when like we're, you know, like we're kind of up and down, up and down when we really start hitting our stride, will you show up in uranium market minute in like a Hawaiian shirt? <laughs> Just <laughs> pop up, got a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt on. So awesome. Yeah, man. Everybody watches it. Why not? Your obsession with uh, what he's wearing and his, and his look. Is, uh, <laughs> just, you know, There's so God. many jokes we can do with it. Like just the Hawaiian shirt one day, everybody's going to be like, oh, fuck. It's bullish. Sure, Larry, right. I can do that. Well, you ask to show up tomorrow. Yeah. You know what? Corky, I'm going to mute you. How about that? <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just know where this is going. Just know where this is going. Just show you got any other questions, guys? Joint. Joint? <laughs> We need we need someone in Uradium at that uh at those WNA conferences like who's kind of just around. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when they go to the bars like afterwards and like Oh, just picking are, up on Intel. Yeah, you know, drinks. Like people, yeah, yeah. People do that. Yeah, we could do okay. that. I'd just love That's to be a, a fly idea. on the wall. You could go oh, from why don't we go let's do, it. let's go do a podcast there and we'll just start like cranking guests through. I told you, dude. I, I was in Germany today. I was in Germany uh listening to that uh I forget his name. Yeah. 
the minister. I don't know. I think his name is Greta. I tweeted it. I tweeted it. I don't know. I don't care. Remember, it's probably Hans. Yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's Greta. It's probably Hans. Yeah, Corgi fake news. Yes. Well, all right. All right. I don't want to talk about that, but a reason I do, dude, the, the the miss the the information that that comes out just from this and that, it's just one, then the opposite, then the opposite, then the opposite, and honestly, it pisses me off. And that's when I make those headlines, whether it be you know that. That that you know broken arrow situation that that plane went down in California with carrying nuclear you know material that wasn't yeah. you know it was so wrong and everything we hear with this just in Germany a lot a lot of it's right but most of it is wrong conflicting that is when I get pissed and I make those headlines and I have no I have, I will keep doing it again and again and again when I see two things you know that are totally opposite getting so I just you know that that is the reason yeah I have no uh, I have no be, issues doing it I think one of the signs of narcissism is they tend to make up, <laughs> make up fake justifications for their actions and that's fine <laughs> you're totally your behavior is totally justified <laughs> you. you're welcome so funny all right well listen i think we hit an hour and eight minutes and i think this was really good justin thanks for coming on yeah last you. question would you come back on with us at some point in the future oh yeah anytime Dan- thanks for having okay, me guys perfect thanks justin right. that, was, that was a lot of fun All right. Well, hey, that is uh, season two, episode one, boys and girls. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Came up at a basement, we was dance stuck. I was down bad on my ass, I had no job, I was fucked up, yeah. Now I get to sit back and laugh while you haters are mad and you counting your pay stubs. I do this all on my own, right after wake up, I go to my cake up. I gotta get me a bag, steady type of cash on my bro on that same shit. No, I don't fuck on no lame bitch, can't even fuck on the same shit. I heard your shit in this swag, that shit is so sad, put in work at that basement. I charge you double that payment, look boy, I'm not one you can play with. Watch out, everyone come for that ride out, yeah Say watch out, watch out we came with that dog pound, yeah Say watch out, everyone come for that ride out, yeah Say watch out